Hello, folks. Welcome back to another episode of Sunscrap Nation's podcast. Your host, as always, Daniel Jonas. Here on June 14th, June 17th, I'm behind on days, uh, 2020, Charlotte, North Carolina, back. Uh, I know I didn't come back the other week, had to uh, go home on an not an emergency or anything like that, but just had to uh, leave before I could do one of these podcasts, didn't bring my stuff with me, so did watch the fights, and there wasn't really much to even talk about anyway as far as uh, the lead-up to those fights this past weekend, and as far as performances, the fights did well, considering I think in the first three fights, none of them lasted a minute. So that's great. Awesome. We can talk about some of those performances. But as far as the big news, UFC 251 has been revealed, and we'll get into that in a little bit, as well as some other cards and some other fight announcements, a lot of fight announcements, a lot of great shit coming up. So we'll talk more about that. But remember to subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play. Uh, I think the podcast app is something that's on people's Android phones. I know 98% of the world, us, the United States being the 2%, um, don't use iPhones as on average as we do. So for everyone else, podcast app should be there. You can find us as well as Google Play, Spotify. Spotify is a big one. Obviously, everyone's moving over to Spotify. Been there, done that. Been on the team. So hopefully that's an easy find. All right. Otherwise, you can go to the website, southernscrapnation.com. That's southernscrapnation.com for everything else. All right. Let's get into it. So uh, this past weekend, we had a Saskatoon. It would have been a Saskatoon card, but it is the the – it was at the UFC Apex in – Las Vegas. As far as the prelims, we're talking about uh, Christian Aguilera TKO'd Anthony Ivey in 59 seconds of the first round. And I caught the tail end of that. He hit him with an overhand and then swarmed him. And he hit him with a nice elbow. Like it's one of those like tie elbows, like on the inside. You hit him with the inside of your elbow. Pretty nice. You don't see that all a whole lot. Uh, Probably first time I've really ever seen it. I've probably definitely seen it in MMA, but as far as consistently and memorably, that's one of the most memorable ones I've seen. Um, Tyson Nam KOing, not that guy. Yeah, actually that guy. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He was a K1 kickboxer. I was, I was like, oh man, this is gonna be fucking wild. I love when K1 kickboxers come over. And glory kickboxer. But he went for an inside leg kick, and Tyson Dom just hit him with a right hand. You could actually go back to the Gokon Saki Khalil Roundtree fight. I'm pretty sure it's the same exact punch. Um, K1, you can get away with that a little bit more. A lot more, actually, in MMA. It doesn't. The inside leg kick on a southpaw, like if I'm southpaw, and I try to kick the inside of an orthodox person's leg while facing their open side, their right hand is is way more available in kickboxing 
it's less so because a person that's got these 16-ounce gloves and they're not 16, but 10-ounce gloves, right, um, 8 ounces, and they're keeping it up to their head. Uh, I don't. I, I think it's also the cage being smaller, forcing it, like, uh, it's hard because you, you see the kick in kickboxing a lot, but it's unforgiving in MMA. And I really just think it's the glove size, being able to loop it around, being able to, you know, placement-wise, the distance is different as well. So you can time it a lot better. You can actually just absorb the kick and hit him with the right hand. You see, it, it's super unforgiving in MMA. And then the women's bantamweight, you had Julia Avia versus Gina Mazzani. And Julia Avia just need her in the stomach. She's actually booked to fight Nico Montoya for the second fight, for their second fight, which I think Julia beat her the first time. She's only had one fight in the UFC. Wait, wasn't she? Oh, probably in King of the Cage or something. Yeah, Nico Montoya, she beat her in HD MMA 7. Cool. So. So, so, so. So, so, so. All right. And then Marab Davalashvili scores 13 takedowns in his fight against Gustavo Lopez. <coughs> Late replacement Gustavo Lopez um, went in there. I don't know. He did the whole, like, smiling thing. And then Marab kind of just, like, tooled him with the wrestling. So it's like you can have the overconfidence but he was beating you. So it's like, get your shit together. Um, I mean, record-breaking 13 takedowns, or 14, who knows? 13, 14. And then women flyweight Maria Agapova, I think ultimate, ultimate fighter winner? Ultimate Fighter winner or Tuesday Night Tuesday Night Contender series winner defeats Hannah Cyphers in the first round. Uh, I don't know. Hannah Cyphers just lost as well. She's on a two fight losing skid, probably like a three fight losing skid. Her, but she's taking these. Yeah, three. She's on a three fight losing skid, so she'll probably be cut. To be honest. Very unforgiving, the UFC. Very unforgiving. And then great fight between Jordan Espinosa versus Mark. No, we're not. Jordan Espinosa versus Mark De La Rosa. Uh, Espinosa was just faster on the feet as far as getting the shots in. The Andre Feely versus Charles Jordan fight was awesome. Andre Feely using his wrestling um, to secure wins. He Great interview. He was talking about He's like, I've been wrestling and getting getting taken down by all those guys at Team Alpha Male for years. I should be able to do a takedown. Charles Dredan is going to be a problem at featherweight. His striking is so fast. His kicks to the head um, are nice. So as far as uh, the Andre Feely fight goes, Andre Feely just being more of a complete martial artist, imposing the wrestling, he got five takedowns. Where Charles Jordan outstruck him, he five out of six takedowns. 
uh, for a striker that Andre Feely is, I mean, that improves his takedown percentage, which is nice. Putting them stats on the board. All right, so then Charles Rosa coming off of a loss in his previous fight to a dominant uh, to that to that matchup against Brian uh, Mitchell. Charles Rosa comes in hard fought fight against Kevin Aguilar, pretty close, sixty nine strikes, fifty three. Um, couldn't get a takedown. Couldn't really use his jujitsu, but. Use the striking in and out movement to secure the win. So back in the winning column for him. And then Marvin Vittori really having the performance of the night, to be honest, going in there against Carl Robinson, who missed weight again, and you know, using his ta- using his stand up at first and then closing the distance, taking the back, choking him out. He shouts out Edwin Najmi, who's uh who's a Gracie Baja black belt under uh, Brawl, I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, very good jiu-jitsu. I mean, I probably would go there if I was in his area too. He trains at King's MMA, and he's just like, it's a different level. Uh, he showed his jiu-jitsu choking Carl Robinson out. It was an awesome performance. Definitely a top 10 guy for him, top 15 guy for him next. He needs those big names because he had that close decision against Israel. So it's just about fighting the right people and beating them to get himself back to that title. Or not get back to the title, but get to that fight with Israel, um, which would has to be a title shot. So he has to beat some notable guys. Carl Robinson, he had a you know back and forth with him. But it's time for him to let's go ahead and UFC middleweight rankings. Okay, okay, okay. So and middleweight's pretty busy actually. So you have Paula Costa probably gonna fight Israel next. Robert Whitaker who's gonna fight Darren Till who's number nine. Jared Cannonier. Is free. Calvin Gaslam, Jack Hermanson are fighting each other. That's seven and eight. Uriah Hall is fighting Yoel Romero. That's ten and five. I don't know who Derek Brunson's. Derek Brunson's fighting Edmund Shabazian, who's not on here. You could do the Jared Cannonier versus. Well, I think that's a little too early. You'd have to find someone in the top 15. Let's see if there is. Hold on. I'm going to see if there is a top 15. Yeah, okay. They've got the top 15. You could do a Brad Tavares, Ian Heinish. He moved to 14, so you could do Ian Heinish, Brad Tavares. I mean, Jared Cannonier, number three. Serve it up to him. Why not? Because, uh, oh, yeah, and because Chris Weidman just got announced to fight Omari Akhmedov at middleweight, so everyone's pretty much taken up, unless he wants a quick turnaround with Ian Heinish, who just fought. 
stay active. I don't mind it. And then you had a great performance by Cynthia Cavillo at women's flyweight. Uh, Jessica I, the bigger fighter, heavier hands. But Cynthia Cavillo poured it on her, took her down, took her back a couple times, really outclassed her on the ground. Um, training with AKA, you know, um, hit her with that high kick that that Valentina hit her with. Just great overall, great game plan. Even though, you know, uh, she's might be outsized for the weight class. I think she's going to do well. She's going to be fast. She, her hands. Her strikes were fast when she her the first round was a little uh, I was like uh, I don't know how she's gonna be at flyweight, um, because there's a moment where I was watching it and I want like the girls get bigger at flyweight than Jessica. There are bigger girls at flyweight than Jessica I, or girls that hit harder, and then the champion for example is like the worst of it. So Cynthia Cavill being fast and having great jujitsu. I was like, oh, she'll be okay. Like, she can, she'll be able to, uh, in the first, like, two, in the first, in the second round. The first round, I was like, maybe this isn't even the weight class for her. Maybe she needs to go back down. Um, second round, I was like, oh, she can hold her own. She just needs to use her speed. And then by the fifth round, I was like, oh, she's going at this pace. Like, if she just, uh, AKA, if you want to talk about fighting undersized in a weight class, they're the perfect camp for it. Not that Kane was undersized, but. He was one of the smaller heavier weights. Daniel Cormier is a smaller heavyweight. Um, there, yeah. I mean, who else in HK? Some girls actually use their Darian Wynn. He's very undersized for middleweight. Shouldn't be a middleweight. Um, so, San Diego Vil is that is in good hands there as far as how to f- use your speed and. Uh, takedowns to offset bigger opponents. And she showed it. She got four out of seven takedowns and then landed 150 strikes and just zapped Jessica's energy. It was great. Great performance. We're going to get into the card this coming weekend because I'm going to break it down because there's some good fights. Way Way to win me back, UFC. Way to really bum me out this past weekend, but then go, hold on, wait a minute. Check this out. Okay. I thought Austin Hubbard. Hold on. Joe Selecki was supposed to fight. Hmm. Am I missing something? There's a lot of fights to be uh, that got announced, so we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them. Uh, hold on, actually. Let's go. Just lucky. Okay, he's out. Okay. okay. Uh, been. Uh, withdraw. I'll recover to get. Okay. Um. Probably an injury. Sad. All right. So let's go through some news, and then I'll give you all the highlights. Talk about some things, and then we will break down fights. 
So Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier have been announced. Dan Hooker, confident he can finish Dan Poirier, or Dustin Poirier. Dan Hooker versus Dustin Poirier, UFC fight night, Austin. So the next one. Ooh. Very good matchup. I'm super excited. Obviously, I'll break it down next week. But you just have uh, kickboxer, boxer in it. As far as submissions, very similar. Um, Dan Hooker uses the ones to his his body length, like guillotines and stuff like that. Uh, Dustin Poirier, very unorthodox with his because he's got longer arms. He, um, he uses darces very, very, uh, very often. As far as power, I would side more to the Dustin side, but the the accuracy and and pinpoint strikes with Dan Hooker, it, it's going to come down to game plan as far as those two. Uh, who's got the right – who's – yeah, because when I – because it's not a – actually, you know what? It could come down to – it could come down to grit because we've seen, obviously, Barbosa – with the body shots to uh, Hooker, he showed his he showed his grit in that fight, um, but it also shows Dustin a target he can he can exploit going to the body a lot, right? Just beating it up. He saw the Paul Felt he saw the Paul Felder five round tough decision like it wasn't an easy fight, and you could see Dan Hooker um, slowing down in that fight. I'm sure he's that's something he's addressing. However, as Dustin Poirier gets ready for this fight, he goes. I've done five rounds. I've gone five rounds with some of the best um, body, you know, and I don't think it goes five. I think those two have one some of the greatest finishing abilities in that division. Um, but I think for Dan Hooker, it's going to be a knee, and for for Dustin, it's going to be. I think he's southpaw. Yeah, if I mean, if you know any, if, if you've seen Dan Hooker's finishes, a lot of his boxing heavy opponents, Ross Pearson, uh, Jim Miller, all knees up the middle. Uh, same thing with Dust. I mean, as far as Dustin fighting a tall, lankier guy. Let's see. I'm trying to think, the guys that come to mind when he fights. Uh, but Max Holloway doesn't kick as much. He doesn't use the kicks as much. Anthony Pettis. Yeah, he just uh, he walked him down. But I don't think you're going to be able to walk Hooker down. And if you do, I think his I think his fighting backward. I think fighting backwards. He hasn't really fought a lot of kickboxers. The ones he has, Michael Johnson. He beat Yancey Medeiros. Doesn't use his, more of a boxer. Conor McGregor. Kickboxer. I don't know. Uh, I do like his, I like the power he has. I think that makes a difference, but it's about getting past those knees and kicks. We'll talk more about that next week, but it's a nice fight. The Calvin Cater versus Dan Inge. Inge set for to headline UFC Fight Island card on July 15th. Banger of a fight. I don't know why Calvin Cater is doing it, but uh, he's doing it for the fans. Doing it for the fans. 
Uh, Dana White shocked to hear Amanda Nunes contemplating retirement, but she's got plenty of money to do it. Um, I'm not, I'm, it's kind of weird that he's shocked to hear that. Uh, I don't know why. I mean, it makes sense. She's beaten everybody and anyone, defended her bantamweight title, defended her featherweight title, beat all the champions, and unbelievably decisive, undecisive victories. What's the point? Like, for her to get, for her to lose, like, to complete the cycle, essentially? Nah. Fuck them. Um, Darren Till creates the joke website to escalate feud with Mike Perry. Mike Perry's a bum, according to Darren Till. It's uh, Darren... D D D Aaron Till three is the Instagram handle. It's not a joke website, it, or maybe it is. Maybe it's a whole website. But uh, as far as the Instagram, go check it out. It's fucking hilarious. Uh, Mike Perry gets KO'd in a boxing match. He put that up on his. <laughs> this is funny. They're both fighting like different people, right? So Mike Perry's fighting Mickey Gall and. Darren Till's fighting Robert Whitaker. Uh, different levels of fighters, right? You have former champion Robert Whitaker and comparable kickboxing, you know, phenom, MMA kickboxing phenom Darren Till. And then you have guy with girlfriend in his corner, Mike Perry versus baby-faced uh, Mickey Gall. Hey, man, if you get past Mickey Gall, which... God God hope you do, man, because that girlfriend's not going to have all the submission um, advice. She's not going to get the submission advice that he can provide or that that a good corner could provide. I don't know, like a jockeray or someone that you have in your camp that can provide you uh, for a guy who's a black belt in jujitsu. But, you know, you do you, man. Um, if he can get past him, maybe Darren Till will take the fight. But... If Darren Till gets past Robert Whitaker, you can bet top dollar the UFC is going to try to make London versus New Zealand, right? Scouser versus Kiwi. It's what everyone wants. Whether you know it or not, deep down, there's a fight that might happen. And if Darren Till can, can secure this spot on Fight Island against Robert Whitaker. We are going to get the greatest kickboxing match of all time in MMA. But people don't want to believe, so whatever. Um, Anthony Pettis versus Anderson Silva. Give the people... Oh. Never mind. Um, Also, I don't know why he would try to do that. Uh, Anyway, uh, Dana White undecided on what's for Anthony Pettis, or for Anderson Silva, but it won't be Anthony Pettis. Anderson Silva has two more fights on his contract. There's last two fights. Anthony Pettis was like, I'll fight you at 185, bruh. Let's do it. I'm down. And Anderson Silva was like, okay. Um, I think it's a great fight for both of them. Why not? Give the people what they want. Or give the fighters what they want. Give the people what they don't know what they want, but then give the fighters what they want. Showtime and the spider, you can make fucking posters you could do all that stuff but you're just gonna you're just gonna deny fighters and the fans and everyone that it doesn't even have to headline a card it can be a co-main event i mean it couldn't be a co-main event but if if you don't want to give it all the clout that it deserves 
then make it a co-main event. I think it's fantastic. I think it's just you have two guys, legends, guys that don't need anything else. They don't need to be fighting the Diego Fajeras. They don't need to be fighting the, in Anderson Silva's case, maybe an Ian Hynish or an Edmund Shabazian or someone that's up and coming. They should fight each other. Open weight style. Bring BJ Penn back, right? Just let them fight. Let these old guys get it. They're not old, but fight game old. Let them throw down. Let them throw down for the fans. For us. For the world. Uh, Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar moved to co-main event for July 15th UFC event. That's such a great card. That's the UFC 251 card. No, wait. No, July 15th. What's the July 15th card? There's a July 11th card. Oh, MMA fighting. Whoa, okay, so there's a UFC 251 July 11th, and then there's a UFC July 15th card, which will be headlined by, oh, the Calvin Cater versus Dan Ige fight. Oh, shit. Dude, what a great matchup. So you have, you have main event, featherweight, Calvin Cater, Dan, Dan Ige, both boxers. Um, Calvin Cater is a Muay Thai fighter now. He, uh, with the elbow knockout of Jeremy Stevens to the face. Um, he's a Muay Thai fighter in my mind. Um, you knocked out Jeremy Stevens violently the way that Jeremy Stevens knocks people out. Uh, then you have Dan Ige who went three rounds with Edson Barbosa. You know, back and forth. Um, it's a big step up for Dan. It's going to be a test of his chin for sure, especially Calvin recently. He's like, I'm getting that title shot. Uh, I'm picking up the pace. He's not, he, he knocked Jeremy out in the second round, and he's usually a very slow starter and doesn't get going till like, the second, third round. So a guy that's, you know, fixing that. But I didn't see a change in Dan. Dan said he was going to start working on that second round issue but because um, he usually takes the second round off. But in the, the last fight, he did it again. I don't know if. He can. He plans to continue to do that. But if he wants to take the second round off, and Calvin gets going in the second round, uh, you fucked. Um, but then you have Munoz versus Cub, or uh, Frankie Edgar. I think that's a great fight. Munoz leg lock and jujitsu specialist. Um, it's gonna be up to Frankie to not get caught in anything. Sub, any submission. You know what? I'm going to check something out. Um, Frankie's got a good chance of beating him on the feet. It's going to be his 135 debut, so we'll see how he fares and how he feels, especially being 38, dropping down to 135, the lowest he's ever dropped down to. But he's a professional. He's on a two-fight losing skid. Um, submission losses... He has not been submitted. So this will be very interesting. 
you got to you got to think Pedro is going to be the faster fighter. And Pedro can slap those fucking leg locks on quick. Uh, so great fight. Caitlin Vieira versus Yana Kunitskaya. Um, great fight for Caitlin. Caitlin, she can this time try to employ her wrestling a little bit more. Um, Yana, submit, submit, submission, submission, submission. Of course, Just keep her away with those teep kicks. Everyone's complaining. Uh 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 uh. Jessica I offers no excuse for loss. Replant responds to claim from Cynthia Cavio and the shady manager. Obviously, I'm a Russian emotion, so obviously I'm doing it when I'm highly disappointed for this Uh show she came back saying Lico was terrible. Again, I really, 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 really tried hard. I can't pick boy dude exactly. I'm not feeding into all the bullshit everyone wants to say and they think they know. I know this because uh, she was going to miss weight by... I know this because we received a text message from our co- coach letting her know she was going to miss weight by 3.5 pounds, not Cavio said at a post-fight. But she showed up way with it. Uh, I'm not going to fight with that. I'm not going to fight with these people. The national shit. What it really boils down to is Cavio's manager, Daniel Rubenstein. This is all uh, Jessica said. Daniel, Danny Rubenstein being shady and saying things he shouldn't be and why he called my coach Eric Nixick apologizing. This goes down to more. This goes down to more managers in the sport being down. Dude, I listened to Sugar Sean O'Malley's uh, interview with Dio Vaughn. It's a good interview if you guys haven't heard it. Um, that being said, he doesn't have a manager because he's like, "Why are you letting someone take twenty percent off the top for anything?" And he goes, "I went into a. I went into when he had a manager. He went into a meeting to." to renegotiate and the manager didn't say anything and he's the one that renegotiated everything. I mean, he, there wasn't anything to really negotiate. It was just, there was no point in paying this dude 20% for not doing anything. Stand up for yourself. You're a fighter. You fight in a cage in front of millions of people, go into a negotiation table be f- And he says, all I want is it to be fair. They're going to try to pay you less and you want to get the most out of your worth. Know your worth, step in there, and I know it's hard to know your worth, and people don't want to think that they're not going to be champion or they're not going to be the big money fight. But you can at least set up a life for yourself, and if you can stand up for yourself, it actually shows initiative, and uh, the UFC is going to be more interested in, in your who you are. But if you go in there and you just let someone else talk and like the UFC can't say a word they're going to they're going to fuck you and they're going to set you up with matchups that you don't want da 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 he's missing a chunk of his lung what 
Ew. When he had a collapsed lung in that. Ew. Um, see, this is the reason why people <laughs> admire Khabib because they don't get into fights like that and have to miss chunks of his lung. Amanda Nunes, I've achieved everything I want. Jorge Masvidal scolds UFC commentators. I feel bad for Dana. He's a part of it. Uh, I already explained my deal. As f and for the white knights that have that have commenting jobs with the UFC that say just fight, you guys should just be embarrassed to call yourselves current. No one of you is doing it as long as me, and like me, there's reasons you are commenting. I mean, Michael Bisming did a lot. I mean, I know they have. I know they've had a bad. Pat, Paul Felder's done a lot. <laughs> Wait, what? San Antonio shooter, UFC fighter claim. I hope it's not true. According to San Antonio police chief, the shooter was turned away. Who had defended himself as a UFC fighter before opening fighter? Which is now a UFC fighter from California. As he turned, began shooting. Jesus. That's wild. It's Dana White. What? Oh, my God. Who would do that? It's just him. It's fucking... <laughs> he wants... He wants... It's his clickbait. It's his way to get... He's like, you know what we've been missing? Mass shootings. That'll really get people into MMA. <laughs> Jokes, people. Uh, RDA explains why now is the time to finally fight McGregor. And no doubts I would beat him. Of course you would beat him. Of course. You both would beat each other. It would be the greatest fight of all time. You'd beat each other right now. They should fight each other right now. Makes makes sense. They should fight each other. They should fight each other at 155. Sure, I'd love to see it. MMA junkie, way to get that news. Way to stir the pot. Mickey Gall surprised, uh, surprised, not very bright. Yeah, uh, I saw that Mickey Gall interview on Real Ass Podcast. Nope, that's the MMA junkie one. He was on Real Ass Podcast or something. Fabrizio over Doom versus fuck he's fighting someone soon oh Uriah Hall versus Yoel Romero wow uh, fucking wow um, that's crazy that's a crazy matchup uh, Ryan Hall, or Uriah Hall is a crazy guy uh, I 
I mean, but if you want to get up that ladder, best thing you to do is go out there and smoke Yoel Romero, like a Cuban cigar. But the problem is, it's Yoel Romero. So have fun. Have all the fun. He was slated to fight someone before. Things fell through. He wasn't able to. Uh, someone tested, Jacare tested positive for COVID. So then the fight fell out. Now Uriah Hall, Yoel Romero, much better fight. I like that. Jago Santos targets Dominic Reyes' fight. That would be great. Derek Lewis versus Alexi Olianek. Uh, Derek Lewis better be working on submission defense and better get that right hand ready because Olianek has been on fire recently. In his most recent fight against Verdum, he showed he put pedal to the metal and you know really really even at his age changed up his pace. It was kind of crazy. Um, all right, so. Let's get into breaking down the fights. Oh, shout out to Misha Tate becoming a, a mother to a newborn child, uh, delivering it at home in a bathtub. Fucking crazy. Not really, though. That's like normal. That's what life is supposed to be. You're just supposed to do it. Um, just do it. All right, so let's talk about the fights this weekend. The fights this weekend are, once again, at the UFC Apex at 8 p.m. Great time, great time. Saturday, June 20th, ESPN and ESPN Plus, or ESPN, just ESPN. Aw. Uh, maybe they're not going to be on ESPN Plus. Let's all cross our fingers because that's why we get the thing, right? That's why we get the ESPN Plus membership. All right, so the prelims, Austin Hubbard, uh, Max Roskopoff steps in for Austin or for Joe Selecki. Um in the prelims. Let's get the odds. Auto. Oh. Auto. Okay. Let's get the odds. I keep not doing the odds, so let's do the odds. It'll help me because that way I then won't have to bet or not bet, but uh, pick. I don't like. It's such a. It's such a. F if it was a football game, it's easier to pick because they're two teams, and it's pretty concise. Once someone starts picking up the lead, you kind of know who's going to win the game. Um, typically, like ten games out of ten games, nine of them are going to be a little bit more predictable. MMA is predictable every game out of every game. Um, all right. For example, that Amanda Nunez, Felicia Spencer. I said Amanda Nunez was going to be too fast, and she was, and she did everything that, we're, that she was supposed to. However, there's a chance that Felicia Spencer throws an overhand right or an elbow. It lands, and Amanda Nunez isn't champion anymore, or gets her back, sinks in a choke, and she isn't champion anymore. Easily could have happened. All right. Anyway, let's get to the fights. Okay, Austin Hubbard, Max Roscoff. So I don't really know much about Max. I know Austin Hubbard was on the Ultimate Fighter. No. Tuesday Night Contender Series? 
Uh, lost to Mark Madsen because Mark Madsen's a beast. And then lost to Davi Hamos. Went to decision, so he didn't get submitted. And then he won against Kyle Propolic. What was he out of? What did he do? Did he have a Tuesday night contender series or something? No, he just had a fight with Davi Hamas and Moss. Okay, young young guy, 28. Huh. Hm. Never mind. I don't know why. It sounds familiar in a way. All right, anyway, so then let's go, let's look at the odds. So Austin Hubbard, a favorite, because Max is making his debut. But let me see what Max's style is like, and that'll let me know if it's worth betting on the underdog. Because... Ready. Oh, 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 had aggressive fighter, aggressive fighter. Yep. Overhand right. He's going to be fine. Okay, so it's worth betting on him just for the fact that he's an aggressive fighter. And since there is no bonus of this for people that are joining the, the UFC, there's no crowd. So he can go out there and just continue his winning streak. He's 5-0. and all right, so Roxy Malaferri versus Laura Murphy. Laura Murphy been switching camps to the Houston camp with uh, Crew Perez. Shout out to those guys, Derek Lewis and all them. Um, versus Roxanne Malaferri coming off a win from Macy Barber. You know, just moving on the veteran, like moving on that. As much as it's a veteran savvy way, she's slowly just picking up these wins. And to be honest, if she wins this fight against Lauren Murphy, it's a good chance she can get a title shot against Valentina Shevchenko after JoJo Calderwood. So I think Lauren Murphy, this is her chance to show her new skills. And, I mean, she's also two, two yeah, two one streak. So if she can knock out, uh, if, you could, if she can knock out Roxanne, I think that would be a real feather in her cap. And the odds for that are down the line. One, negative, uh, minus 125, Roxanne. Minus 105, Lauren Murphy. Yeah, you could literally bet on either. Um, I'd probably lean towards Lauren Murphy, though. This could be a night of underdogs. I like the no crowd thing because that's a little bit more in favor of those that are, in my mind, if you're an underdog with the no crowds, it favors you more. Um, so it's not necessarily all those that were underdogs now that there's no crowd, they all win. It's just that if you, if it's a close fight like that, it's not a bad idea to put money on an underdog. So then lightweight, you have Matt Favola versus Frank Camacho, Matt Favola. Um, it's coming off of a loss, but you know, he's still young in the game. No, he's coming off of a win over Luis Pena. That's right. That's right. 
I was right on my choice of picking Matt Frivola for this fight. Yeah, he's a steamroller, steamroller Matt Frivola versus Frank Camacho. That um, down the line, uh, you uh, Matt Frivola, you could probably go Frank Camacho if you want to do underdog, underdog, underdog. Then you got Marseille Andre Parlo versus Oscar Pichota. Oscar Pachota, been in there. I've seen him for what fight? Oh, he's fought a lot. Lost, lost, lost. One. Okay, he's on a three fight losing streak versus this cat. Uh, I'll speed this up. Uh, Mark Andre. Ba-da-da. Lost, lost. Well, they're both on a three-fight losing streak. All right, so that's toss them up. Fuck that fight. Uh, Tisha Torres versus Brianna Von Buren. I'm just going to tell you Tisha Torres probably. And then Clay Guida versus Bobby Green. Uh, depends on who wants to do what. Smaller cage. Uh, Clay Guida with its frantic movement. Definitely could take the, get Bobby Green to get taken down. But uh, what the smaller cage means, back gets closer to the cage quicker, which in turn helps with the takedown defense. So... They have Bobby Green as the favorite versus Clay Guida. Clay Guida is never a bad guy to bet against if you want to go all underdogs for the prelims. Now, for the main event, let's or for the main card, Jim Miller versus Roosevelt Roberts. Jim Miller, crafty vet. Another one that's not bad to put the money on. However, Roosevelt Roberts on a ten and one, ten and one record, twenty six, young to the game. Last fight submitted Brooke Weaver. Pretty, pretty easily. Uh, decision. He locked to Vince Bichelle. And other than that, he's been submissions or long-rangey guy. So as far as Jim Miller goes, it's about closing the distance. And Roosevelt Roberts uppercuts up the middle. Knees stay long. Bilal Muhammad versus Liam Good. Uh, Bilal Muhammad coming back and... Off of he's coming off of a win, win, loss. Jeff Neal. Okay, so he's coming off two wins. He's back. He's looking for that third win. I like, I like Bilal Muhammad. He's got those great hands. Liam Good though is coming off of a KO win to Chance Rencounter after being submitted to Damian Maya. Um, explosive. Lime, uh, Lime Good, uh, Tiger Shulman guy. But uh, this one, I would not be surprised if it's down the middle. Yeah, it's even as fuck. Yeah, it's even. Yeah, fucking throw your money. Throw your money at somebody. Hope someone wins. Raquel Pennington versus Marion Renault. Marion Renault been putting on a win streak recently. Um, slowly but surely. No, wait. She lost a... Yannicka in the sky? Damn. Or is... Oh, I'm behind on the game. Okay, so... She was on a two-fight win streak. Uh, she beat Talita Bernardo, and then she submitted Sarah McMahon. I was like, oh, shit. And then Katsagano beat her. And then Yana beat her. So she's on a two-fight losing streak. 
Raquel Pennington, on the other hand, is on a two-fight winning streak as, or losing? No, one-fight losing streak. She beat Irene Aldana. That's crazy. By the way, Irene Aldana versus Holly Holm. What a great fight. Um, that in itself is a kickboxing matchup. I like Irene Aldana in that fight. But Raquel Pennington, Lauren Renault, I like Raquel Pennington in this. She's just, she's kind of, I mean, as much as she's got 18 fights, she's still relatively young in the sport. I mean, most of the women fighters are where she keeps learning and learning. Um, Mario Renault is not going to have an easy time submitting her, and I think Raquel Pennington is going to shuff, shuck her off and just scrap down. Uh, the co-main event is the fight of the night. In all my opinions, uh, Josh Emmett versus Shane Burgos. I like the power that Josh Emmett carries in his hands for this fight. The Shane Burgos footwork um, and that kind of movement isn't going to throw Josh Emmett off. And if Josh Emmett lands, it's a bad night. So I like the Josh Emmett. I mean, obviously, Josh Emmett's not the favorite. Oh, dude, put your money on Josh Emmett, bro. What are you doing? What are you doing, odds makers? Um, I think Josh Emmett has it. Shane Burgos, yes, he's fleet of foot, nice, nice footwork and head movement, and he's fun to watch. Got a KO of Akman Americani, decision Cub Swanson in a Cub Swanson versus Shane Burgos kind of fight. Um, submitted Kurt Holabar, however, got knocked out by Calvin Cater, and if there's someone that can mi- mimic the style of Calvin Cater... Or, you know, I mean, not to the precise technicality that Calvin has in his hands. But that kind of style, heavy-handed, boxing-heavy, um, it's Josh Emmett. And one to throw in elbows, Josh Emmett. Plus, Josh Emmett's coming off of a nasty knockout of uh, uh, Mursad Vectic. So, and Michael Johnson. All right. In the main event, you have Curtis Blades versus Alexander Volkov. Curtis Blades, man, his kryptonite is the only uh, Curtis Blades' only kryptonite is Overeem or uh, Ngannou. Two fights against Ngannou, lost both of them. Other than that, his record's solid. So beats Cody East, gets knocked out by Ngannou. Knocks out Olianek, Daniel Olianek, and then draw with Adam Milstead. And then he gets knocked out by Ngannou again. Or then he goes decision with Mark Hunt. Then he knocks out Alistair Overeem, sets up a rematch with Ngannou, gets knocked out by Ngannou again. And then decisions Justin Willis beautifully, and then knocks out Shamil Abdurahimov, and knocks out Junior Dos Santos on the feet. If it's not Ngannou, it's a win. So you, if you want to take that to the bag when he fights Alexander Volkov, if it's not Ngannou, it's a win. He could just double-leg Volkov up and down the cage, especially since the cage is a lot, lot, lot smaller. Um, however, the last person that tried to go about the taking down strategy was Fabrizio Verdum and he lost that pretty hard 
But then Derek Lewis knocked him out, and then he got his win back over Greg Hardy, late replacement. Uh, Greg Hardy, different character, all not as pedigreed in wrestling at all. No one in that division is pedigreed in wrestling. And I don't care where in Russia you train, uh, no one in Russia has got a double leg like Curtis Blades. So good luck trying to stop that. And as far as striking goes, Curtis works with some of the best right now with uh, Alistair in his corner. Or not in his corner, but in his training camp. And if Alistair's wrestling is anything to admire now, I'm sure Curtis has picked up some tips and tricks from the kickboxing demolition man himself. So, uh, Yeah, money's on Curtis Blades for that. That's a safe bet, to be honest. Alexander Volkov, though, knee up the middle. Could, could happen, but who knows? Who knows? So those are the fights. Those are those fights. And that's all the news, to be honest. Uh, not much else to talk about. Um, I'll be back to talk about post-fights on Monday, and we'll get back to a regular schedule Monday where I'll do something Monday, Wednesday, possibly Friday. I'm going to try to get three to, two to three podcasts a week from now on. All right, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Uh, if you want to find out more, go to southernscrapnation.com. That's southernscrapnation.com. You can listen on all other listening devices on podcast app, on the podcast app, Google Play, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. But everything's at southernscrapnation.com. So check that website out. That's southernscrapnation.com for everything. Until... Monday. Enjoy the fights, folks. Enjoy your weekend and enjoy the podcast. Thanks for listening. Uh, Write a review. Subscribe. Uh, It helps a lot. Um, Helps a whole bunch. Uh, People love it, right? People love the podcast. (laughs) All right, folks. Uh, Stay safe. Peace.